3: Comeback Stories is a production of Inflection Network and iHeartRadio. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Comeback Stories. I'm Darren Waller, one of your co-hosts. I'm here, as always, with my brother and my friend, uh, Mr. Donnie Starkins, And uh, we have an amazing guest today on with us. Uh, Somebody who's from their last name, you may recognize them as Uh, a member of a legendary gospel family, but somebody that's carved her own path, not only singing, but acting as well. And we'd love to welcome Miss Deborah Joy Winers to the show. Deborah Joy, Deborah Joy, how you doing? Not Deborah.
1: I love it, Deborah Joy, projecting, I love it. Hi, how are you all?
3: Uh, We're doing fantastic.
1: Good, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
3: Oh yeah, it's it's, it's lovely to have you here. when we talk about comeback stories and the adversity that people have faced in their journey along the way, we feel like we always have to go back to, to childhood to, you know, get some answers and to see where everything started. And uh, so could you paint a picture of what growing up was like, where it was, what your family situation was, what was going on in your head? Just take us through it.
1: Oh, OK. Growing up, um, I am from Detroit, Michigan. Born and raised um into a very, very big family, so family is truly all I've ever known um grew up in church, love the lord uh that is truly my foundation. We were probably in church more than we were in school <laughs> um, <laughs> um it's just it was it made me really who I am today, but um grew up in church. And I was always with my family, my brothers, my aunts, my uncles, all of my family sang. Um, And when I was getting ready to graduate from high school, I knew that singing was not something I loved. I wanted to act. And when I told my family, (laughs) they were like, oh, okay, well, what else do you want to do? Because they had never seen me do it. Um, But for some reason, it was just, it was a passion. It was a dream. It was something that was just in my bones that I could not let go of. And so I went to Wayne State, which was also in Detroit, Wayne State University, and I majored in theater and my family, particularly my brothers and my parents, came to my first show at Wayne State and they were like, okay, this is what you do. Um, But for a lot of my family... That just wasn't the 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 entertainment business as far as acting and the things that you could see on screen and the things that people would do that wasn't truly something that people of faith would do um but for me, that was what I felt God had put in my heart in my spirit in my soul, and so I just followed the dream that I fully believed God gave me, um even though there were a lot of doubts in my family and not doubts that I could do it, but doubts that I should do it. Mm. Doubts that it was what God had for me. But I believe that God gives you the vision for your life and others will catch on eventually. And if they don't, they don't, but it's all good. You are following what God has given you. But it was very, very difficult. Um, A lot of times I would look at my family and think maybe they're right. Maybe I'm in the wrong place. Um, is God going to bless this? Can he bless this? Does he really know my heart? Uh, Does he know that I love him? Um, Just wondering that if a life of faith and the dreams that I had could coexist. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was sort of my, my journey growing up. And I'm a big family girl, a big family girl. Like if my family was singing somewhere I was the number one fan. I was the person screaming like I had never heard them sing before. I was the person dancing in the aisle. I was the person cheering when you needed to be quiet. Um, And that is the person that I still am today. I was always going to champion everybody in my family because I believed in them. Um, And so I found it difficult when I got to a place of really focusing in on the thing that I really felt like God had given me to do. And... I didn't see all of them cheering in the background for me. Um but that was that was my life growing up.
3: Mm. I know that takes a lot of courage to to step mm. into at some point because I remember me as a kid, um I knew I had um you know gifts and callings in in music and in other areas, but mm-hmm. I knew I was I was good at really good at sports as well, and that's what you know people kind of know me for now, but um mm-hmm. I didn't have the courage to be different. I, I, I was so afraid of not being seen as normal or not being able to fit in and just be loved and accepted that um, I was like, I'm just gonna do what everybody else says is cool, what everybody else says yeah. is this. And that's a little different than your journey, but just as far as talking to the, getting to the place of courage and stepping out and saying, yeah. hey, this is, this is my journey and being comfortable in your own skin. I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin until probably 27 years old. And have, having to go through a lot, God having to take me through a lot. So to to see that courage that you muster up, like how how is that possible? Like how do you how do you arrive there for somebody? Like is it they have to go through their own journey to get there? What how absolutely?
1: You I think I think it's I think it's going through your own journey, but I think it's really loving you. I have found that it is very difficult to move forward towards your destiny, your dreams, your goals when you don't fully love you. Mm. And I mean, love every piece of you, the piece of you that you think, Oh, I need to change that. That's not good because we all have flaws. We all have things that as we grow, we're like, Oh, (laughs) maybe that's not the best character trait. Um, But if we don't see it and recognize it, and and love ourselves, it is hard to make a change. Um, and so I think the thing that I would tell people to find the courage means to find the love of you. And I think when you love you and you love who God has created you to be, as you grow and as you journey in this life, you'll see the things that, ah, okay, I think I want to change that. And that's fine. Okay. You know, this, this was okay for now, but you know what? I think I'm moving higher. I think God is taking me somewhere different. I think I'm growing in a different way and I want to let that go. I want to shed that. Um, that's been the biggest thing that has helped me. And that has been, it's come in phases. You know what I mean? I didn't just like, Oh, I'm still going to go to school for theater and it's going to be fine. I I didn't feel that way at all. I did it, but I did not feel like I was courageous. At all. I just was like, uh, oh, I think I'm by myself. Um, but I, I did my BFA. I'm the first person in the Winans family to get a bachelor's degree. Um, so I, I got my BFA. I spent a month in Moscow, the a Moscow art theater school. And then I moved to LA, got my MFA in acting from Cal Arts. I just kept going, kept going because I felt like if this was the gift that I knew God gave me, I just wanted to make it sharp. I wanted to make it great. I wanted to be excellent. Um, so all of that is part of the journey of, of loving yourself. I found that I am doing the thing that I know I love that God has given me to do. So I think that I fell in love with that piece of me, the hard work, the discipline piece of me. Um, and then as things started to pick up and, you know, things were happening and I I was doing the very thing that I love, um. I still got different things from people close to me that I deemed um, mentors, people that I would go to and, and talk to about everything in life. Um, Upset that I was doing what I was doing. Um, Upset sort of at my career trajectory and at the choices that I had made. Um, And so it wasn't until about maybe I just turned 40. So it wasn't until maybe 30, like 35, I started feeling it. I was like, you know what? It's fine. I have my husband. I'm good. I know what God has given me. And I'm going to courageously walk into this, this new life, this journey. I am going to fully be me. Um, No exceptions. I'm not feeling bad because someone else doesn't agree. But then, baby, when I was about to have my baby. I had just turned 38 and I did this pregnancy reveal with essence and I thought it was fabulous. And then someone very close to me didn't like that and told me that was not of God and all these things. And I thought, Oh, that was the last bit of shedding that I needed. I am boldly standing in who I am. Want to say you can't tell me nothing. I had a baby at a age where everyone says this is, um, what do they call it? It's, um, uh, they call it a certain type of pregnancy, a geriatric baby. They call you geriatric after like 33 or something. And so they're already saying it's a geriatric pregnancy. They're already saying I had a, um, I had a fibroid that was 22 centimeters. So when I got pregnant, the doctor's initial response was, oh, we should get rid of this because there's no way this baby will be able to grow with this fibroid. We need to get rid of it, start over. And I looked at my husband. He was like, well, is she going to be OK? And the doctor said, well, she'll be fine, but she'll probably be in the worst pain of her life. And I said, well, if it's pain, then we're going to fight. we going to hold on. And was it painful? Yes. The worst pain of my life. Did I feel like I was living on eggshells? Because the doctor said, I don't know if you'll make it past 18 weeks. Absolutely. I had to have a surgery in the middle of my pregnancy to make sure the baby didn't come too soon. And the doctor was like, give me to 28 weeks. And we prayed and we believed. And I, I, was, I was in a place where For the first time in my life, I could not see the other side of the circumstances. I feel like in every other circumstance, whether it felt good or not, I just knew God was going to get me to the other side. This was the first time where I was like, I can't even see what the other side is. I don't know if I'm going to have this baby. I don't know what's happening to me. Like, I just don't know. And when we got to 28 weeks and we had a baby shower, I took a breath and I was like, God, you did this. Um, and so once I had a baby, I was like, you can't tell me nothing. I'm not sure who you think you are, but I do know who God has created me to be. And so it took me levels. Um, it took me moment by moment to walk through this journey and to find courage in each circumstance. Um, so this has been a buildup of courage
4: wow there's there's so much there um going back to I, I was having breakfast today with a, a mutual friend of Darren and i's his name's david g he's an amazing yo, uh, meditation teacher uh here out in California, and I was telling him who our guest was, and he goes, "You realize you know you're interviewing this is music royalty you know and he was just like breaking it down because he's just, he's he's into all that and just uh really knows the details and I kept thinking like, how do you, and Darren kind of asked this question, but how do you find your own in a family of royalty like that, especially when you've got the royalty piece of it, you've got projection of people's Mm -hmm. interpretation of religious beliefs and what is the right or wrong thing to do. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I know you walked us through that, but I'm just thinking about how challenging that would be um, with the domestication process of just growing up and you know, people telling us we need to do certain things in order to be successful?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I think I've learned from watching, uh, having a front row seat to sort of what this life in the entertainment industry has looked like for my family. And what I've always kept in mind, um, even when sometimes it was, some of them telling me, oh, no, no, Joy, that's that's not it. They broke barriers at a time where the music that they started singing seemed secular to most Christians. Uh, a lot of people thought that their music was the devil's music because it just didn't sound like traditional gospel music. But they persevered. They kept going because they felt like it was what God had given them to do. And ultimately, God used that to really break barriers, um, to set a standard, to create a foundation that we have lived on, that we have been grateful for, um, I think, for generations to come. Uh, So for me, I keep that in mind. While they may not see it, I know that they recognize, oh, you guys just don't see it. You don't have the vision. And that's okay. We have it. You'll catch on eventually. Um, so I think that I've kept that as as something to sort of hold on to and go back to when I'm feeling like, ah, joy, this doesn't look like everybody else. It doesn't have to. Um, for me, I never singing was never my passion. That was never my love. Um, I have since, you know, if I talk to kids or or um just have a conversation really with anyone who asks, How did you get into the industry or what do you like about the industry? Uh, singing while it has never been a passion of mine, it is a gift. And I tell people use every gift that God has given you because you don't know when you will be called upon to use it. And truly that gift is not for you. It is meant for the world. It is meant to touch somebody somewhere somehow. Um, and so my only thing is I wish I would have also given as much time and focus and practice Uh and discipline to my singing, but all in all, um, this was just a step-by-step sort of situation. And people will either get on the bandwagon or they won't. But it is is—it is difficult feeling like the very people that um, see you don't really see you. But also, uh, look, trust God that is my biggest advice that I can give to anybody. Trust God, trust that gut instinct that you have um, because you don't want to look back and think, I didn't do this when I wanted to do it because so-and-so said something. Who is so-and-so? Are you about to pay all my bills? Are you about to set me up for life? Are you about to, you know, no, you're not doing any of those things. So recognizing someone's perspective, and their ideas versus what god has given you and what you want to do i think that's that's the key
0: hey guys you know what this playground could use a wine country huh
1: a redwood forest would be cool ski slopes wait
0: did we just invent california
1: discover why california is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com
2: tired of restless nights meet lisa the sleep expert
5: Leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit paramountplus.com/slash the shot to get a 50 percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
3: He come back to uh, to trust in God, and I'm the same way. I don't know how I would have gotten through the things that I've survived, and just able to hold up the weight that um, I have on me today without him and yeah. i feel like i'd love for you to dive into how you developed like an authentic love for the lord because i feel like even with me growing up i was you know i went to church my family was you know always in church but church felt like a chore and it felt like mm-hmm. an obligation and my religion was almost transactional with god like mm-hmm. if i if i read the bible if i went to you know bible study or midweek church that yeah. god owed me a blessing but And then when things got rough in my life, I didn't really. I felt like God was judging me and condemning me, as opposed to having that real relationship. So how how does one go about developing a love of the Lord and a and a loving relationship with Him?
1: You know, I um that's a really good question, and I think for me, it was the foundation that my my family set, and I think that um you don't always have to agree on everything to recognize the good in something. And I think it was the 6 a.m. prayers that I did not want to go to, but (laughs) our parents woke us up and made us go. Um, Because while I don't remember just getting there and getting on my knees and praying real hard, I do remember being next to my grandma and hearing how she would pray Um, she talked to the Lord, very matter of fact, it didn't have to be this big voice. It didn't have to be, um, these incredible words. Her vocabulary didn't have to be through the roof. It was Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for waking me up. I thank you for, for a mind to want to love you, to want to do right, um, Thank you for my family. And so I would hear the way she prayed and I thought, oh, I can do that. That's not difficult. And then I would hear the way um, my grandfather, just the joy that he would have talking about the Lord and everything God had done for him. Um, And then I would see it in my own life. So I went from hearing, my parents pray hearing my grandma pray seeing my grandfather pray and and testify to the things that god had done things that he had seen and then seeing god in my life um pray for certain things and then they happen and i'm like ooh okay this is okay all right um but then i think the biggest thing for me was holding on to it when adversity came when it felt like I wasn't enough, when it felt like everything I did just didn't add up and Mm -hmm. like, God, where are you? I don't understand. Um, I think my faith and my love increased uh, circumstance by circumstance as I saw God through it all. Um, You know, it's easy to praise him when everything is Mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, it is very difficult to still say, thank you, Lord, when you're in the middle of a storm, when you are in the middle of not being able to see your way out. Um, and I think I've learned that even through that, like I spoke about, um, being, uh, I was working on set when, well, I found that I was pregnant, then I had to go and do a job. So I was working on a set without my husband, newly pregnant in an immense amount of pain. And I literally said, I don't know where God is. What did I do to be in this wilderness? Like, I don't understand. And then I started to change my perspective. And I was like, okay, if I feel like I'm in a wilderness, Lord, what are you trying to show me? Am I not, have I not been depending on you enough? I am very happy to say that I married well. When I tell you I love my husband, it is the best yes I've ever said in my life, second to loving Jesus. Um, I'm so very grateful. He has shown me how to love myself the way I need to. Um, so, you know, choosing a spouse is a really, <laughs> choose right, uh, because they can lead you into your destiny. And so I think for me, I started to see, I've started to trust the gift more than the giver. Um, I started leaning so much on my husband that I forgot about my relationship with the Lord and everything for me, everything is flowing from him. And so, uh, I think for me, I started finding lessons in the wilderness. It's like, I don't want to be here. I don't know why I'm here, but you know what? Let's figure that out so that I don't have to come here again. Um, And so I think my love has just continued to develop from stage to stage. Um, But it's simple. It's loving the Lord and learning how much he loves me and trusting that even in the hard times.
4: Darren, I got to say, man, I'm loving how you've really made yourself at home in the big city. I'm curious,
3: how are you getting around? You a subway guy, cab, Uber? I'm glad you asked, Donnie, man. I'm, uh, I am got the honor to partner with All-American Ford over in New Jersey. Uh, they've been taking really good care of me since I got out here. And that's why I love the most about them, man. They treat me like I'm family, not just a customer trying to get a deal or, or just a statistic. Um, You know, they give me great service. You can tell they got a commitment to quality. Um, the innovation is unmatched. And uh, just so if anybody's, you know, like me trying to get around in New Jersey, don't know where to go, I'm telling you, go check out All-American Ford. Here in Jersey, they're going to take real good care of you. When we come back, you'll hear more of this inspiring comeback
6: story.
4: It's beautiful. I wanted to tie back your faith with, I love how you dove right into loving yourself in the beginning. And just for some context, uh, that's been a theme of mine for the last probably 10 years with my brand. And I have a retreat every year in, in January. I do in Sedona called Love Yourself. And the reason why I've been so uh, passionate about this message is, is because no matter where I go and teach or speak or do some type of event, there's a common theme that we don't love ourselves enough, whether it's the way that we that we have that not enough story hijacking our life, or it's the way we critique our body or when we must st- make a mistake or f- fail in some way or are feeling inadequate, or it's when we're putting everybody else's needs before our own needs. That is the common theme. It's like everywhere I go. And so I've been so passionate about this message um, because I've seen the damage that it's done, not only to myself, but to the people that I'm exposed to. So how do you feel like for you, how does the, the security of knowing that you are fully loved by God, how does that help you with your own self-love and not allowing that not enough story to creep in, especially in the industry that you're in, which I would have to imagine there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of rejection.
1: Ooh, there's there's a lot of rejection. Um that's a really, really, really good question, Donnie. I think that when you fully know so if we're saying God loves us unconditionally, um and that's been a big thing for me because I think a lot of times people put God in things that God is like, I ain't got nothing to do with that player. Um, (laughs) God is love. And if you don't have love, then I really, truly don't know what you have. And so when you recognize that love is who God is and that he loves you unconditionally right now, as you are with all the flaws, you see God loves you. When I recognize that, I think there was something that really just sort of switched in me. If the creator of this universe loves me unconditionally the way that I am, who are you to tell me that I'm not great? Who are you to tell me that I can't do this? Um, And then even to yourself, when you start thinking, which I have so much being in this industry. Oh, they wanted the light skin girl. Oh, they said dark skin isn't pretty enough. Oh, I'm not thin enough. Oh, I'm not, there's so many, you're not, you're not, you're not. I've had to tell myself and, and, and people don't realize how powerful Mm -hmm. language is. The tongue is very powerful and you have to speak life to yourself. So I've had to change my atmosphere. I've had to change what, uh, what people are sort of downloading into me. Oh, they said, you're not, oh, okay. Well, I am. They just didn't, they wanted something different. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So I've had to have my daily sort of affirmations. You are beautiful. You are smart. You are intelligent. uh, You are where you're meant to be. A lot of times we look at other people's journeys and we think, I should be there. No, no, no. You don't know what they've gone through to get there. You don't know what their journey has been like. Your journey is for you. Stay in your lane. Um, And I think that that has been what has helped me? Does mm. that make sense?
4: Yeah. I think it's no matter what you choose to believe in, I think it's so important. Darren and I have talked about this, how faith relieves us from the burden of excessive responsibility, but it's also mm. having that relationship and understanding that God is love. And if God mm-hmm. is love and we are one with God, then we are loved and mm-hmm. we are love. And if we truly mm-hmm. know that, and we have that faith and anything that comes up in our lives, whether it's a relationship, a job, an opportunity, if not this, something better. If not this, something, something better. better. Like that, mm-hmm. that affirmation has always stayed with me, that true that true knowing that it's all happening for us and if this relationship isn't going to work, there's going to be something better. And yeah. that's really just like help help me a lot not be so attached to something that I think needs to be in my life. And you yeah, know, God is usually moving it out of there to make space for something new. But yeah, we get, it, we get hooked and attached and afraid that we're going to lose something and never find it again.
1: We do. And it's and it's difficult. It is it is very, very difficult. So I don't say it as like, all you got to do is, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> know that God is love and you're going to be great. No, I, it is very difficult. This is a daily thing for me. This is Thank you, Lord. Uh, I, I'm grateful for the journey that you've had me on. I am, and I think that as you get older, you're able. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. You are able to look back and be like, "Whoo, I see why I had to go through this, 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 and this." I see, and you see the character that has been developed in you, and and how God has groomed you to be who you're supposed to be for where you're going. You know, I think that if I would have gotten everything I asked for at like 22. <laughs> I honestly don't know where I would be. I don't think I would have my husband. I don't think I would have my son. I don't know that I would have this career. I I don't know where I would be. So God knows what we can handle. And also, what I love, uh, Oprah Winfrey once said, love is in the details. And God dreams bigger dreams for you than you can dream for yourself. So while you've got all these big dreams, God is dreaming bigger. So if this doesn't work, trust that God's dream for you is working. And you're getting there.
0: Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski
2: slopes! Wait,
0: did we just invent California?
2: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
6: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.
5: The wait is over. The shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit paramountplus.com slash the shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
3: Man, I, I, gotta, I gotta put another layer on that because um, one of the greatest books I've ever read is by a pastor. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And in the mm. book, he talks about how love and hurry are incompatible because love, love takes time, you know, and and God being love, it may, it may take time for whatever your season is, whatever your journey Mm -hmm. is. And, you know, especially like whatever is for your purpose to be fulfilled. And I, I love to know, like, what has the journey been for you? Like when it comes to cultivating purpose, because you have tremendous gifts in multiple fields and maximizing those takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of resources, but how have you found Purpose within all that?
1: Dang, that's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, you know, I think one time I was just randomly singing. I'll just sing a song, not even really thinking about it. It just will happen. And one time, someone I was working with on set just said, Ooh, that just touched my soul. And I said, Oh, huh you're so silly. And she said, I'm very serious. I don't know what it is about your voice, but it, it, it goes right to my soul. It just got my like joy. You need to. And I went to my trolley and I thought "I w- that was just some random hymn that popped up. I wasn't trying to do anything fancy with it. It just sort of came from me. And I realized that God touches everything. And so when you sort of relinquish your control on things um, and you just trust that what it is you want to do and you, you start flowing from that. God is using that to touch so many people in so many different ways that you would never think of. Um, and so I think for me, I've moved gradually in that way of just resting assured that God is in it. If I'm moving with the right motivation, if I am recognizing that Life is a journey. Um, God is in all of it. God is in every relationship you're making. We're so we're so in a hurry to get to the thing that we think is the penultimate thing. When we and we miss the the in betweens. I just turned forty, and I could not believe the amount of people that were at my birthday party. When I walked out, I. I was in tears because I saw so many faces and I knew every face and to think that they were all part of my journey. And I would, if I would have hurried and rushed through the journey, I wouldn't have some of these relationships. I wouldn't have shared so many moments with this person that said, oh my God, if it wasn't for you checking in on me, I just don't know what I would have done or uh prayed with this person when they felt like they had nobody that understood that prayer could work um when you rush through life you miss the moments that God is trying to use and when you have those moments you can have a a, a party and look out and see God in all of it see every relationship see whether it's work whether it's friendship whether it was uh romantic you see God over your life when you don't rush through it. And I think for me, um, that has been my thing to just sort of move from a place of love and trust that even if I don't see it, if I don't recognize the gift, if I don't think it means anything, to know that maybe God is using it somewhere, somehow for somebody. Um, and so I, I, I think it's like you Uh-oh. said it's not a hurry. You got to live this thing. You have to feel all of it, the good and the bad. And when you recognize that you have to feel the good and the bad, you, I tend to trust that God is in all of it and he's going to bring me through it. And so then you can look back and you can see his hand. In every single thing, the the circumstances that you thought were not necessary for your growth, you look back and you're like, oh, but I made this friend. Oh, and I made this friend. This has been a lifelong relationship. I poured into them. They poured into me. Where would I be if I didn't have this? Um, That's that's my idea of it. Just just taking the journey and, and being happy with the journey, not trying to rush any piece of it. And when you don't rush it, you see God in all of it.
4: I want to just take us back even to what you were saying about you singing and the person on set that heard you singing. And for me, mm-hmm. I always say that God speaks to me through the mouths of other people. <clears throat> That's mm-hmm. where I, I hear God the most. And as you were walking us through that uh, that scenario, it was like she was hearing God through your voice. You were hearing God through her voice as a reminder of this gift that you have. And then it brought mm-hmm. me to kind of, um, Darren and I talk a lot about the four agreements and being impeccable with your word and how your word, you know, there's two sword, two sides to the sword. And that your word can either, you know, send love and light or it can cut through like a, like a sharp knife. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was just a beautiful scenario. And I believe like if it, getting to the rushing that we talked about, like, life only unfolds in moments it's it's moment to moment and if we're not present for those moments moment. we end up missing out on what's most valuable in our lives and you know i've heard you say like we're constantly <clears throat> looking for ways to prove um you know that 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 we're good enough instead of just fully understanding like we are enough right we're trying to prove instead mm-hmm. of recognize and i think that's like the power of the pause and taking time to be still So I'm just curious for you, like, what are your mindfulness practices? Do you have rituals, practices, mantras that you do to really center yourself and get present?
1: Um, well, I think I love, I love the power of the pause. Uh, that was really, really great. Um, and I think for me, it's a reminder sort of daily, um, like I said, I have my my affirmations that I know I need to speak to myself. Um, I have affirmations that I speak over my home, that I speak about my marriage, that I speak over my son, um, because I do believe that we also can speak things into existence. Mm-hmm. Um, there is life in what you say. So watch what you say. Um, so... Yeah, for me it's it's prayer. It's um not only just telling myself who I know I am because you really you need to know who you are before you walk into anybody's room because they're going to tell you who you are if you don't. Um so knowing who I am, trusting who I am, uh trusting what God has given me to do, uh walking boldly in that, and then also I get blessed from telling other people that they're great. Um, I think I recognized a long time ago, while this industry is very difficult, I am not in competition. I think there's room for everybody. Uh, Whatever dreams and goals God has given you, there is room for everybody to fulfill their destiny. And so I've never felt like I'm in competition with anybody. So it's very easy for me to see someone and say, oh my God, you look beautiful. Oh, that's stunning. We could be going in for the same audition. Oh my God, you look great. Go on girl. Or, or just speaking life into other people is a blessing to me. Um, and you never know what that can do for them. You never know where their head space is at. You don't know where they are mentally. You don't know what they've just been through. You don't know if they barely made it through that door. Um, And so knowing that the small things you can do, a smile, a handshake, a hug, you look wonderful, or welcome, or Mm -hmm. how are you? A genuine how are you can change somebody's life. Um, So those are also practices that I have put into motion that really, truly bless me. You know, it's, it's easiest to bless yourself when you're blessing others.
3: It's better to, to give than receive. I mean, I remember I remember the first yeah. time uh uh somebody uh I'm a Donnie and I have been in a twelve step uh, recovery and in meetings. I remember uh, an old timer saying, you know, if you want a friend, be a friend. And you know, getting yourself out of this place of like me receiving before I give first.
6: Yeah. And
3: it's like if I'm follow if I'm following God, if I'm re- if I'm in a relationship with God, then my character and how I live my life should be in alignment with him or in alignment with, with what, how he would act. And, mm-hmm. uh, and what you said about com- like comparing yourself to other people, it's like, that's like the number one thief of joy. I mean, if you're, Ooh. you log, you log on to social media at any point in time, your, your joy could be stolen from you if you yeah. allow it to. So it's, it's so important, especially in, in nowadays to, I think you spoke on it earlier, just like, Protecting like what you're consuming and what you're taking mm-hmm. in, like you really have to be locked in on that because the world today is gonna have you spinning like a top and just like your Love. mind in a million different directions.
1: Have you thinking you' crazy, you right. know? And it's and mm-hmm. it's amazing to me how social media can really have somebody in a frenzy. Y'all, almost ninety nine point nine percent of this stuff is you know, airbrushed, touched up all the, like, this is not people post the things that make them happy. You do not typically post the things that are hurting you, that are breaking you down, that you don't see a way out of. And when we recognize that, we we don't let it consume us. Um, You know, social media can be used as a tool. But if you are not ready to use it like that and understand it and, and truly love yourself, I think it is very difficult. I think it is very, very difficult. It feels like a thief coming to take every piece of joy that you have. Um, and that's one thing that I tell myself, too, Donnie, a reminder. The world didn't give it to me, so the world can't take it away. Like this joy that I have, the world did not give it to me. So
4: yeah, it's like that, try like- as you may. That high, a whole idea of conditional happiness, and I think that's why most of our world or much of our world is struggling so bad because of the idea of like I'll be happy when I get mm-hmm. this or when I get the likes mm-hmm. or when I get the the car, the marriage. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, you have to figure out that happiness happens in the now. Happiness mm-hmm. is an inside job, and um, yeah, you know what makes me happy. And I he- I heard you say like a lot of the when you were referencing the social media where a lot of people are posting what makes them happy. And it's always a good reminder to me because I think my life changed forever when I actually shared my shit and shared my my the yeah. mess. And yeah. it, I, found like, I feel like I found my voice. It, it humanized me as a teacher. It's also wh- how I connected with Darren, him he- hearing his short story. Mm-hmm. And I've heard you say that if you're not showing who you are, how are others going to actually see the way? And when you, when I heard that, I was like, wow, this is exactly why we are sitting here in this moment. Um, the three of us having this conversation and yeah. my teacher would always say, how dare we not? And I, yeah. and I get it like in, in Darren and I's program, it's, it's known to be anonymous, but I think I just had to choose impact over anonymity. And, yeah. um, again, those words from my teacher of how dare I not share my story when yeah. there's opportunities to help so many other people, not by how great my life is now, but how bad Mm-mm. it was. Yeah. And then that willingness to just surrender and lay it all down and actually get honest and ask for some help.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what it's about. That's where change happens. That's, um, I remember I went through so many things uh, when I got pregnant and I'm just like, is this normal? Well, how come nobody, nobody told me about this? Why didn't someone tell me that this could happen? Or this is what you go through. Like a lot of times the stories that I heard, Women made it sound like pregnancy was all roses and, ah, this is delightful. And, oh, my child, oh, they're just amazing. My child started kicking and I was like, oh, my goodness, is this an earthquake happening? (laughs) There were just so many things that I did not know to expect that are typical. Um, And then understanding, like after I found out I had the fibroids, finding out how common it is in women of color. And then I start asking around and it's like, Oh, Oh yeah. I had that. Oh yeah. You know, you got to get checked for those because a lot of times doctors won't check you for it. And so you have to ask them to check. I'm like, wait, what? Why didn't I know this? I wish I would have known. And that's what led me to share my pregnancy journey with essence, because I want somebody to know, I know there are women coming behind me that want to get pregnant. If you're a woman of color, ask your doctor to check you for this because had I been checked, I would have had a way better pregnancy because I would have gotten them removed. Um, But you just don't know unless people are talking, unless people are sharing what they've been through. And I wanted to share it so that people understood, no, this has not been roses. This is something you can do to advocate for yourself. This is something you need to do. Um, And it's okay. Don't feel shame. Don't, don't, don't feel like, cause a lot of women I talked to felt shame. They didn't really want to share because it's not normal. Well, honey, it, it, it kind of sort of is, but also who cares if you've been through this, you can help somebody else. Somebody else doesn't have to go through the same thing you went through. That's what I think about for my son. I I'm enduring certain things so that he doesn't have to, you know what I mean? So we have to share, we have to be honest because honesty brings about change.
0: Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
2: A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
0: Wait! Did we just invent
2: California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <laughs>
5: and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
3: That's, I mean, like you said, uh, we, we we feel you, Donnie and I for sure, because I mean, I'm I'm somebody that's, I had no plans on being vocal about my journey with uh, drugs and alcohol and all the things that I've been through, but I feel like that's where my purpose has has come from and now it's about yeah. you know somebody's life can be different somebody's experience can be different because of my vulnerability because of what I'm willing to share. I'm willing to get up mm-hmm. here and show you show you my scars and it's like, you know, cuz they're no longer open wounds. They're 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 healed now. They're still they're there, healed. but they're yeah. there for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we we salute you. We respect you for being vulnerable, uh showing the path to so many women whether it's pregnancy, whether it's You know, stepping out into their gift and their calling that they know is true to themselves, um, dealing with any rejection along the way, um, even dealing with the success and how traumatizing success can be at times. Uh, Your vulnerability has been amazing. I'm walking away from this conversation lit up and just uh, (laughs) honored to have shared this time and this platform with you. So we're grateful.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Darren. This has really been a pleasure. I I appreciate it. I don't take it for granted. Anytime I'm able to talk and share uh, anything, because I think that these are the moments that God gives us to, to be a light to someone, to, to share something that could touch and change. And so thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, Darren and Donnie. Thank you so much.
4: Yeah, I'm wondering if you can leave us with, you know, I love the fact that we're having a lot of God talk on here, but I'm curious if somebody listening would be like, geez, there that's a lot of talk about God. <laughs> if they're if they're if they're Sorry. feeling if they're feeling that resistance, but what what kind of advice what could you like leave us with or leave that person that's maybe had a bad experience or has some trauma around it or isn't as open-minded, what would you say to that mm-hmm. person that just is struggling to uh, find faith in their life?
1: Life is hard. Um, life is hard, hard. And I understand the moments where you're not sure if there is a God, if there is a higher power, because why would I ever find myself in such a circumstance? Um, or if there is simply hurt from having gone to a church or a place of faith and worship and been rejected or told you're not good enough or told, uh, that's not what someone godly looks like or acts like or dresses like, I would say, keep going. I would say, trust that you're here for a reason. And that there is a greater purpose beyond you and you will find it. You don't have to have found it because I found it right now or because Darren found it or because Donnie found it. You will find it when you're supposed to find it. But trust that you are on your right path, even though it's difficult and that you are loved. I think when you lean into knowing you are loved, you find God. So I would just tell them you are loved. Life is going to life. And there can be people out there acting like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm blessed. God is good. Yes, God is good. Yes, I am blessed. Also, life has been lifing. And it has been very difficult. And I have found myself on my knees. I have found myself crying. I have found myself feeling like I am alone. I just have to get to the other side and know that I'm not and trust that I am fully loved, even in the midst of it all. So I would just say, just take it step by step, moment by moment, choosing to know that you are loved. And when you feel that, you'll find God. Uh
3: Nothing else needs to be said out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else needs to be said.
4: Thank you, Devin Joy. I, I could listen <laughs> to your voice all day long. It's just soothing. <laughs> it's fluid. You're, oh,
2: you know, I just keep you. thinking about
4: the grace and fluidity of your words, and I just feel mm. them coming, coming from your heart, but we know it's coming from something greater than that. So thank you for uh, Amen.
1: channeling thank God's you.
4: spirit and, and sharing the love with us and our listeners today. We appreciate you.
1: I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. All right,
4: everybody.
3: Peace. We're out. Comeback Stories is a production of Inflection Network and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the
0: iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest
2: would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait!